Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going back to covering some independent pro wrestling. I'm going to take a look at Pro Wrestling Grind. This is their one-year anniversary. This show took place on Friday, October 28th, one day before my birthday. And I was going through, you know, I was thinking like, you know, I kind of took a break covering indie shows, covering stuff uh, overseas. And I was like, you know what, I got to get back into checking out some indies for the uh, Take It Home podcast. And I started looking around on, get, clicked on the old IWTV app, and I just, I decided to see what's on this Pro Wrestling Grind show. Saw a lot of people I do like um, on the independent wrestling scene, and saw an old buddy of mine, Perry Von Vicious, on the card. So I decided to give give this one a shot and review it, and I'm glad I did. It was uh it was overall a very entertaining show. Um, uh, two and a half hours probably could have been two hours. Um, I only watched literally two hours of it. There is a match I did skip because uh, just time constraints of hitting my deadline on this podcast. And when I I was gonna watch the match, and I'll, and I'll explain when I get there. It. I just, what I saw was like, you know what, I'm not going to watch this match at all. But um, this uh, pro ground, this this took place in uh, East Hampton, Massachusetts. Like I said, it happened on Friday, October 28th. And like I said, I knew a lot of people on this card. I was familiar with uh, Jay Freddy. And I remember him from Wrestle 1. Um, a lot of people who know me know I'm a big Wrestle 1 fan. I enjoyed their product a lot, especially the last um uh god last five years or so really enjoyed uh a lot of the talent a lot of the young talent that they had um uh ashino was a tremendous champion i loved his run as champion um kodama was just a just a, a, a joy to watch in the ring and the host of other guys and i really enjoyed that product ikemen of course uh came from wrestle one and of course you know started by uh, Keiji Muto. So really got into their product. I really like the, especially the last few years because they really had a focus on the younger talent from their, um, from the training school. And they had a lot of really good young, young talent. And, you know, I was really sad when that, when that promotion closed. So I guess when I saw pros and grind, I saw Jay Friday, I thought about Russell run. I was like, you know what? I want to cover Russell one. And like I said, there's a lot of people on this card that I, that I, I, I remember uh, covered before in past episodes, and but a lot of talent I really do like. I really like, like I said, Jay Freddy, um, Beef, Big Beefer. I just get a kick out of that guy. Uh, Trisha Dora, who I still don't understand, is not signed to either WWE or AEW. Um, and of course, uh, Perry Von Vicious, who I worked with in All Pro Wrestling and uh, was always a joy to work with. So, so I decided Pro Wrestling Grind is going to be it. And and this is a show that had about, let me see here if I have my math down correctly. It's uh, about a yeah eight-match card. Like I said, could have been seven matches. Would have been nice. Nice two-hour show. Would have been good. Um, the building, this, 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 uh, this hall looked like a similar building that I used to run for Premier Wrestling. So... Um, I like the ring. The ring looked really nice. Um, the black and the green um, remind me of Pro Wrestling Noah. 
And of course, there's a big Japanese influence. Obviously, Jay Freddy has from his time at Wrestle One. Um, and so I, I like the setup. They had light, the nice lighting. They had a cool little entranceway, which the uh, doors would slide open. Um, and it was kind of cool. It was interesting how that played into later on in the evening. Um, so yeah, a lot of cool stuff right off the bat visually for me. It's a smaller crowd and a smaller building, but I get it. It's you know, it's independent wrestling. They're, they're starting out it's a year they're building their audience you know not you know not knocking the crowd size and they're a very enthusiastic crowd they're really into everything the matches they added a lot to it they're just really fans of that product and so you know the, it all it all it all matters with the crowd reaction right like you have a crowd that's just sitting on the hands even they, these guys can go out there and be good you know the straight match if the crowd's not reacting to it, it's not really a good match right so uh these crowd this crowd was really into everything and, and you know also made it uh, very much enjoyable to watch. The opening matchup of this was a four-way elimination. The winner of this elimination match would be a um, the number one contender to whoever's going to be crowned the Pro Wrestling Grind Champion later on the evening in the main event. So, whoever won this match was going to get the first shot, right? Um, I'm not a fan of opening up shows with multiple multiple women matches. I've done in the past, but... Um, I, but but as I gained more experience when I was booking, I just didn't like it. I, I I really prefer every show to start with wrestling, a good wrestling match that doesn't go on the outside, that sticks to just the basics. Um, I like you know just I like the crowd to come in, sit down, and get established that they're watching a wrestling show. Um, and I want it to be a very good match. I want it to be a match that's going to get the crowd warmed up, get them excited about what's to come, right? Um, this match here is like every typical four-way match. Um, bunch of action, back and forth. You know, two guys go out. Two guys are in the ring doing stuff. Um, it really started off it pretty sloppy. And, and, I, and I apologize. I forgot to mention who's in this match. But... Perry Von Vicious was in this match. O'Shea Edwards, who was just in Ring of Honor, was in this match. Rip Bison, who I've covered here before, I believe on Wrestle Open, and I think Limitless Pro Wrestling, and Logan Black, who I've seen. This is my first time I've seen him. So, um, again, I like if you're going to do a four way or a three way, I prefer the elimination rules because I think it's just um, better flow to the match. This elimination, you can tell a better story that way. Um, but this match really didn't have much of a story. It was just a lot of action, um, a lot of sloppy action early on. Uh, while all the like, while Edwards and Bison and Logan Black were all fighting the ring, Perry Von Vicious for some reason decides to go to the top rope, tempting a moonsault, but he just didn't get over, and it was very scary. I thought he was going to break his neck, but luckily, he was okay. Um, and soon after that, Logan Black, who's like a heavy set punk rocker guy, he climbs to the top rope and did basically a, a coffin drop onto both Bison and Edwards on the outside. Um, soon after that, uh, PVV, who's now like, you know, when I was booking him in All Pro Wrestling in uh, 2000, uh, 2011, 2012, you know, he was the, uh, the aristocrat, you know, snobbish. Uh, Perry Von Vicious, uh, a lot thinner back then, and he was great. I I love that he was totally one hundred percent committed to his gimmick, and that's what I really liked about him. You know, like I th- I think I told the story before when I covered matches of hi- matches of him in the past that 
you know, I saw Perry Von Vicious as my honky tonk man, right? And and then honky tonk man is one of my favorite gimmicks of all time. And I saw Perry Von Vicious as that type of character who would get tremendous heat, who would the fans just want to see to get his ass kicked and beat. And I was planning on having him win one of our secondary championships. Um and also hold it for a very long time, like the Honky Tonk Man. I don't know about 18 months, but it was going to be a very long ring because I really wanted people to just, like, just every week want to show up to see someone dethrone this guy. And I put him with the manager, Matthew Theol, a really good manager. Um, and they were just, like, magic together. They just – I knew they would work well together, and they did. They became really good friends. And they just had the best time working together, and it showed out there. They had really good chemistry. They They – this stuff on their own. Um, they made a fucking Christmas album. That it's like what the? I mean, they were just out there, and I loved them. And so it was cool to see Perry Von Vicious again here on IWTV. Now he's like the, the monster truck. He's added some weight and beard, and he's doing just basically power moves. Uh, totally, you know, one eighties from what he was doing before. I don't know. It's just it's like almost like two different people, and that's cool because you got to change it up. and And I'm glad he changed it up, and he's found some success on the uh, on the indie scene with this new gimmick and character, and you know, doing the indie style with the big moves. And that's what's in these days. Guys just do a bunch of moves and not enough storytelling for me, but you know, that's what the kids are like in these days. And this match. Uh, he picks up Black, who's like I said, big, very big, stocky guy, and hits this big airplane bomb, which is pretty impressive. And and he defeats him, but then quickly, you know, now it's like like every four way elimination match. You know, they they go for a while, hit a bunch of billion moves, and then finally, once the elimination starts, like rapid fire. And soon after, Perry Vicious beat Logan Black. Edwards then taps out PV with like a rear naked choke, and then it comes down to Rip Bison and, and O'Shea Edwards. Uh, O'Shea Edwards is really good look, powerful individual. Um, uh, something's missing from him. I don't know what it is, but I I I I still need to see more of him. Um, Rip Bison, he it's like a short, stocky guy himself. Does a, like a wild man kind of character. Or, I don't know. He I I've seen it before, and he's almost plays like a mini Bruiser Brody. I guess he didn't come out with the chain this show. He came out with a with a strap. But I've seen them in other uh, promotions come out with the uh, with the chain and just com- comes off as like a mini Bruiser Brody. And it just seems like a parody of Bruiser Brody. I, it's hard for me to believe this character. And I was kind of thinking like, okay, who's going to – I think oh, Edwards is probably going to win this matchup. But no, Rip Bison actually wins this matchup with the big lariat. And I don't know. It just was – it was one of those results you just don't believe, right? Um, you know, I just don't, like I said, I don't believe Rip Bison's character, and I don't believe that he can beat O'Shea Edwards with the big clothesline. I know that's his big finisher, but I just I just, just don't believe it. And, you know, I wasn't really a fan of this match. I, you know, they, they did some cool stuff, but mostly it's like, it's like every other four-way you see. It's a, it's a big, you know, sloppy mess, a bunch of stuff, and, and yeah, that was basically it. And Rip Bison... Ends up winning, and now he's going to be getting a future championship shot against whoever's going to win the title at the in the main event. Match number two is Mike Skyros versus Kobe Christ, or and Kobe Christ is like you can't tell a book by its cover. He 
He looks like a like a goofy guy, um, but he can work, and he's better. He's a better worker than he looks. He's almost like he make a really good enhancement talent, like for you know for television, obviously. Just a guy, just would you know doesn't look like much, but would bump around and make make someone look good. Um, he is the definition of you can't tell you know judge a book by its cover here. Um, uh, Sky Rose has a good look. I've seen him before, way once or twice at Russell Open. Um, good looking athlete. I love to see him kind of tighten up, you know, kind of you know shred up actually uh, with his body. Um, he updates gear and get some wrestling boots, the kick pads, you know, that you know that kind of stuff. But you know, when he gets more money, it hopefully he'll invest in his ring gear. But he should invest with in the gym because he. Sh- I mean, I'm not saying he's like out of shape or anything. I just like he has a really good look, a good face. Uh, I just think he would stand out more as like a like a like a, like a potential prospect if he really gets in that gym and works hard and shreds up or adds more bulk. Because uh, I, I, you know, I I think he has he's pretty talented. Um, at least I see a lot of potential there. At least you know I would love to be working with this guy. If I was booking and, you know, help him along and because I think he has potential. Um, his mouth guard keeps falling off, falling out in this match. And it was driving me insane. Like he just put it in his hand and put it back in and put it in. And it's like just just frustrating me. Like just get rid of the mouth guard. If it's not fitting, get it, get one that works. Get one that you could properly get a properly one that fits in your mouth because you're not always taking it out. It was it was uh, uh, I don't I, I don't think it was because he was blown up. He was taking it out because it was happening early on. So I just think it was a poorly uh, purchased mouth guard, and um, it just wasn't working for him. Uh, Kovey did a reverse Finley roll, so the the, you know, the guy is on his back in the uh, in a torture rack position, facing up, and so he does the forward roll, and the and the his opponent lands flat, face first, and. And that was followed off with a double stomp on the top rope. And that, and that got a two count. Um, Kovey was going for a pile driver, but Skyro scooted away and started to beg off. Uh, Skyro hit behind the referee, but Kovey didn't follow him in. And it was this awkward, like, time standing still. And you finally, finally, like, like, like Skyro's got to kind of wave him in. Like, come on, dude. Come on. Come at me. And, and then Skyro like, took the cheap shot on Kobe, but it just was really poorly executed. Um, it's, you know, the, when you do stuff with a referee like that, especially be you know, hiding behind the back, taking a cheap shot, um, everything has to be quick and it, it can't be like this stop. And, you know, it was right, right in the middle of the ring too, which was awkward. It would have been better if they, if Skyros would have been in the corner where he had the referee backed him up and the ref, you know, and, and as Kobe's trying to get him out, you know, referees like, like kind of stuck in the middle and then, and then Kairos could have, like, took advantage and took a cheap shot. But it just looked really awkward. Um, after what looked like a, like a schoolyard play or something, Skyros punched him behind the referee. It, it, just, it just looks, it just looked, it just, like I said, it just looked, it just looked really like, 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 I've seen this before, but we've never done it, right? And it just didn't come off. Soon Skyros won't just jumping, like, second rope springboard DET. Uh, you know, decent match. Um, during the, I, like I said, I don't follow this promotion, but it sounded like Mike Skyros was like 0 and 4 in his promotion, turned heel. 
Um, so this was his first win in, as a heel in this promotion. And if you're going to kind of push this guy as a new heel, he probably wants more of a dominant win. Um, instead of a, a, a one of those, you know, back and forth matches, like really get the guy over, have him really beat someone, uh, uh decisively to get him over. But you know, the, any shows, no one's really books like that anymore. It's like, Oh, everyone has a, you know, goes out there and does a bunch of, you know, has a, gets a bunch of time and does a bunch of moves back and forth, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you know, you got to tell a story and if you're going to get over guys, a new heel, you know, let him beat someone convincingly. This was a back and forth match. So <coughs> I don't know if Skyros really got over as the way they wanted to, but he did win, and he is going to be part of the top heel group, I guess, with uh, uh, Huckabee, who is in the main event later on, challenge for the title. Uh, Travis Huckabee, that is. So, you know, we'll see how this turns out in the future between the as Skyros a heel, but you know, he's not the most charismatic guy, Skyros. So him and as a heel with Travis Huckabee, but he's also not very charismatic either. So I kind of feel like they need someone, either a manager or maybe a, a third member of this group that's more of the charismatic one. Uh, but you know, Skyros, I like to see kind of work on his personality in there, and um, he shows a little bit. Like I so said, there's potential there. I really like the potential. I just want to see him work on more, again, the body. Um, we're always work on the wrestling. Um, and also just, hey, just kind of find find that personality. You know, let it come out. Get some intensity out there. Uh, you know, a switch a gear out there. He's kind of like kind of one gear most of the match, I felt. Uh, but I like I like I like Skyros. And Kobe, um, Kobe Christ, I like I said, I would I would definitely book this guy as enhancement talent, you know. Um just like, you know, one of those guys that you let do something to kind of surprise the audience, but then he gets cut off and it gets beaten. Yeah. Match number three, we got a women's match. Uh, Demi uh, XO versus Tr- Trish Adora. Trish Adora, I really like. Like I mentioned earlier, um, I feel that she should be in AEW right now. Like, they really need talented women, young talented women, and Trish Dor is that. I really was, I first saw her during the last days of Ring of Honor. And I really was really impressed with her. I impressed with her story um, that they had. This her personal profile there was really, really interesting. I really got behind her character and behind her behind her story. And I'm like, unless she's part of that, gonna be part picked up when ROH kicks off, which seems like it's gonna be happening in 2023. Um and I hope so. Like I if not, then that's a big mistake. And I'm surprised WWE hasn't touched her yet. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure she's had a trial or two. I would sign her. She's she's good. I love her look. Like I said, I love her story. I love her wrestling. Uh, I I think it's uh you know he she's she's good. And I want to see more. I want to see her beyond the indie level. Demi Exo, honestly, I've never seen have her have a good match. So I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a rough one. But honestly, this is probably the best I've seen Demi XO. Maybe that's a lot to do with Trisha Dora. Um, yeah, they did a lot of chain wrestling in the beginning. Um, but a lot of the chain wrestling, especially from Demi XO's side, was, you know, just going through the motions, going to one thing to another A, B, C, D. Trisha Dora's more, you know, struggling to get out of holds and into holds. Uh, 
this match went, in my opinion, way too long. And I know, like, there's a pressure to, like, you know, give the women matches equal time. And I get that. I totally get that. But equal time when they can hold their own. Um, this match, like I said, started getting way too long, started getting a little sloppy towards the end. And, you know, <laughs> they're not there. This is match number three. And they're trying to wrestle this match like it's the main event at Budokan Hall. <laughs> like, it's, you know, eight minutes or less, you know, because I think you, especially with Demi Exo in there, I think it's best to kind of keep her matches short. And, um, like I said, they go longer. It just, this match felt long. I don't know exact time. I wasn't keeping times. I didn't look online to see what the times were, but it just felt like it kept going and going. They could have cut this match down, uh, down and I think it would have been better. Um, but Trish Dora won, and um, you know, that's good. I'm, I mean, she should win, she should, definitely should win. Um, she's very talented, like I said. Hopefully, soon she'll be either an AEW or WWE. Uh, match number four was uh, uh, Anthony Henry, who's from the Work Horseman, an AEW former Asher Hale in WWE uh, NXT. Uh, he faced uh, one of the brightest young. Talents on the independent wrestling scene, Alec Price, who I really like. Um, I love this kid's intensity, his unlimited gas tank. Um, I prefer him as a heel. I've seen him work as a bay face, but I think as a heel, he just comes off like just like that that Massachusetts scumbag kind of guy, and he just just intense, and he's good. He's good. Uh, Start. He start. He's a he's a long, lanky frame. Reminds me of uh, we see like old pictures of Edge when he started out, like lanky, like Edge. But he start. But Price is starting to fill out, starting to add some muscle. I like love seeing that. Anthony Henry's getting checked, man. He had those big old traps and and shoulders. He was looking good. Um, this match, the crowd really enjoyed this match. They're really into it. A lot of big moves, um, a lot of back and forth action. But I felt, honestly, that Anthony Henry really, ultimately really ate up Alec Price. And I'm not ate up to where he's not giving Price nothing, but like Price would start getting on an offense and, and uh, Henry would just keep shutting him down. And, okay, you know, Price is fighting from behind, but to me, like, it was weird because Price was the heel. At least that's how he came off the in this match, and Henry was a bay face, but it's like every time Price would string some moves together and look like he's about to take over, he'd always get shut down. And it just, that was like that was a constant story of this match. And like, okay, well it would be it would be fine if Price wins this match, right? By by some hook or by crook or or something. But no, at the end of this match, like Henry still went over, right in the you know beat Price flat in the middle. And crowd enjoyed the action and enjoyed and because they executed the moves beautifully and both are athletically very good. But I think in the end, like Price didn't really get over, you know, if you understand what I'm talking about. Like he because he just got it was clear that Henry was way better. And honestly, I like Henry. I I I think he's good talent, but Price is just has a brighter future, in my opinion. He just has more charisma. Um, 
out there, and I and I think Price is going to be a star. I really do. I think he's one of those guys that, you know, if you follow closely, because he's going to be a uh, a star. It's kind of cool to see the West Coast pros bringing him out here, and it's cool the West Coast fans out here will see him. Um, I still got to get out to West Coast. I get I, I get invited before by Scott and uh, the promoter there to come out, but I just you know haven't had time. You know me. You know, people listening, long-time listeners know about my, you know, uh, your young family keeps me very busy. So it's hard to kind of just take off and and uh, go watch wrestling when I got to be here for uh, um, family stuff. So, but I'm hoping to, to make it out to that show to see Alec Price because uh love to see that kid in person to see how he, how he works in person. Like I said, I think he's going to be a star. Um, he'd be a good guy for Tony Khan to sign for the Ring of Honor brand when that launches and kind of have him there and keep him there and get him over there. And then eventually, when he gets some more experience, come, and come up to the AEW main roster. Um, I hope ROH is going to be used as developmental. It should be. It should be. Like, I don't want to see Samoa Joe stuck in ROH, right? I want to see Samoa Joe and wrestling on the main roster stuff. Hopefully the Briscoes can finally go to the AEW because, you know, but that's a whole other story. whole other time. But we're not talking about Ring of Honor. We're talking about Pro Wrestling Grind here. And before I continue with the rest of the show, I want to talk about our Patreon at Fight Game Media. Our Fight Game Media Plus Patreon is $5 a month. We have shows every day on the Fight Game Media Patreon Plus. I have a show with Gary Gonzalez. We're doing a Raw 1998 review. We're covering all the Raws from 1998 talking about the pay-per-views and it's been a lot of fun going back talking about these old shows and a lot of stuff that i totally forgot happened and so it's refreshing to see all this stuff again um we're seeing the rise of really the rise of the attitude era i know it started in 97 but 98 was the year that they got the momentum and back from wcw and took and took over the monday night wars so uh, we're getting close to Survivor Series. Actually, that's going to be the next show we are covering Survivor Series. Deadly Games. The uh, WF title is vacant, and there's a tournament. Steve Austin's in the tournament. The Rock's in the tournament. Mankind's in the tournament. Uh, Big Boss Man's in the tournament. Uh, a lot of stars are in that tournament. Undertaker and Kane. So um, it's been a while since I've seen that pay-per-view. I do know who wins the tournament, uh, and I just... It's going to be fun to kind of rewatch that. So then the next year coming in 2023, Gary Gazzal and I are going to be covering uh, uh, Nitro from 1997. Uh, we're going to do a little things differently when I cover everything week to week, but we're kind of like watch cover basically the 12 pay-per-views and talk about what led up to them and, and, the, and the fallout from those pay-per-views. Of course, on the Patreon, we got our five-star Josie review show. We have uh our, we have MA, we have boxing coverage, we have everything in fight game covered. Uh, Brace for Impact podcast with Mike Gilbert, JD Oliva, talking all things Impact Wrestling. Of course, on the Patreon side, that's where they get into all the news, all the signings, who's coming, who's going. Um, it's a really good show. Definitely worth that five dollars to, to listen to their show. Um, there's the, the dynamite show, which follows, uh, eight soon after AEW dynamite is over with Jeff Hawkins and, uh, Paul Fontaine. And they have a very entertaining, uh, show when they, in review of, uh, of, uh, AEW dynamite and 
I always get a kick out of Paul Fontaine, so I love listening to him and his opinions on pro wrestling. And I love that he's just he's strong. He has a strong opinion about something. He sticks with it, and and I respect him for that. Um, so yeah, so check out Fight Game Media on Patreon. Again, five dollars a month. You know, that's one less Starbucks coffee. Uh, and you know, you're supporting a great podcast, great team of podcasters, and uh, you know, and if those listening now on our free feed and who are and you are a fight game patreon subscriber you know much appreciate thank you very much all right let's get back in the show match number five beef versus zpb um never seen zpb but he apparently is a 19 year veteran um in the massachusetts area beef i've seen um the last few years uh I like this kid, you know, big brawny kid, big, you know, white trash kind of guy. That's his gimmick or not really his gimmick. I think it's just him. And he looks like a wild man. I love it. He just looks like he just, you don't see these, these guys anymore. He, everyone's either looks like Mr. Mr. Kick pad and, you know, you know, skinny with all these wacky tattoos, you know, this guy looks like a guy from the territory days, you know. That's that's what I like about Beefer, and you know he's he's still green, but he's coming along and he's improving. And um, I like this match. I thought it was a much better match than Anthony Henry's Alec Price before it because it had more of a structure to it. There's a, it was a, it was a simple story, big hard hitting match between these two bigger guys. Uh, uh, at one point, Z, ZPB puts. Uh, Beast hands in the, in the turnbuckle, uh, in the turnbuckle, which you know the turnbuckle is what holds the turnbuckle pad and 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 holds the ropes and tension on the ropes and it you know locks onto the ring post. So he goes into the turnbuckle, puts his <laughs> hands in the turnbuckle, and he kicks Beefer's hand. And you know Beefer would of course you know sell and register that throughout the match. Um, uh. It was kind of cool. This match had a nice flow to, like I said, uh, at one point in CPD, it's a big, you know, thick guy went for a cannonball top missed. And I thought at that point, I thought, okay, Beaver's going to start making his big comeback. And it, they kind of lost the momentum there. Like instead of like after ZBB misses the cannonball, right? Beaver needs to be down, start shaking, start looking at the crowd, start getting the crowd to start getting behind him. And start coming to some offense, man. Big clothesline, back elbow, backdrop, you know, something like that. Like, it was like he just kind of stopped and looked at him and, and it did some fucking chops or punches in the corners. It wasn't exciting. It needed to be exciting there. And, you know, that's going to come in time. You know, it's just being green and not realizing the moment. Um, but glad to be for one. He, he got the big win. And that's good to see because I, I like this guy. And this is a guy, if I'm, you know, pro and grind here, we definitely keep focusing on and kind of built up. I'd love to see him, uh, you know, in the main event versus a Jay Freddy in the future. I, I think they would have a, a, a real, real fun match. So, glad to, like I said, glad to see the B for one. <laughs> match number six, Joseph Alexander versus Nola Katano. Nola Katano I saw once before in uh, Wrestling Open. Uh, slender guy, martial arts guy, um, you know, comes out with the katanas and does his little karate routine, which is cool. You know, it's a gimmick. Uh, Joseph Alexander is an amateur wrestler. Um, very green, I could tell, but you know, I like dig the amateur wrestlers. Uh, 
kid showed a, a really good, a lot of good potential. So I want to see more of him. This match was a nice styles clash. You know, you had the the high flyer in Katano and the, and the martial arts, you know, kicks in Katano versus the uh, wrestling ability of Joseph Alexander. Um, this might have went a little bit too long. You know, kind of could have been condensed down a little bit. And I was like, I had to see Joseph Alexander win with the uh, submission hold. Looked like a banana split. Looked like he was going for it. Looked really, really smooth into that, you know. Um, you know, amateur wrestlers, I think, make good pro wrestlers for the most part. Good base. Um, good explosiveness. And I want to see more of this kid. I want to see this kid grow. I want to see him wrestle veterans and get better and learn. And I'd love to see him wrestle my buddy uh, Promise Thomas. Get him in there. Uh, work with him. You know, working with a 20-year veteran like that really helped this kid along. And I, I just see some real, real potential in uh, Joseph Alexander. Match number seven was a tag team match to Shook Crew, which is Bobby Orlando versus Bryce Donovan versus the main event, which is Minus Black and Jay Lyon, I think it was. I, I totally forgot. I've seen him before. It's a heavy set guy in a mask that moves around pretty well, you know. But as I was kind of fast forwarding to start this match, I right first thing I see was just a hula hoop, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Time's getting time's getting short for me, and I watched a really good tag team match the other day from Smoky Mountain Wrestling from 1985. PG13, old good old Wolfie D and JC Ice. Versus uh, the Thugs, which is Tracy's Mothers and uh, uh, Thirty White Boy Tony Anthony, and it was just a hell of a tag team match. A style, a Southern style, you don't see too much anymore. Now it's all spots and a million false finishes, and nothing means anything. <laughs> it was like really fun to see this really well worked tag team match, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna watch this one. <laughs> Sorry, no disrespect to guys, but. <clears throat> You see goofiness all the time on the independent wrestling scene, and I just had no patience for it right now. So I want to get to the mini fan. I wanted to see Jay Freddy versus Travis Huppabee for the uh, vacant or the first ever uh, Pro Wrestling Grind Grand Championship. Again, uh, the belt was uh, gold and green, like it's getting uh, – you know, Pro Wrestling Noah vibes, which I feel like we would probably get more Wrestle One vibes from Jay Freddy, but – you know, either way, um, look, good looking belt. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, Jay Freddy, like I said, seen before wrestle one and his, some stuff on independence, Travis Huckabee. I've seen a few times on independent wrestling scene and I get a kind of kick out of Travis Huckabee. I'm not trying to be knocked a guy or anything, but like he literally looks like a substitute teacher, right? Like he looks like, he just looks like the substitute science teacher coming in. Uh, he, you know, he's, he was in good shape. You know, no, not real much definition to him. Uh, he has a, you know, receding hairline. And I just feel like he, I don't know, he should probably shave it instead of having like the old U around the head. And I got to kick out the, the the lines he had shaved in the side of the head. It kind of makes you really focus on that that receding hairline of his. And and uh, I don't know. He just looks like, like I said, a substitute teacher. And, but he's a good wrestler. He's a good talent. Uh, good uh mat wrestler submission wrestler uh again it'd be another just like uh kobe chris we could he's a, be a good enhancement guy right um of course everyone in that area knows his reputation but like man it'd be kind of fun to like 
take him to like the West Coast and be, and Kim come out and people be like, look at this guy. Who's this guy? This guy's a chump. He's gonna get beat. And like he kind of just just is a wizard, right? With the wrestling and and I don't know. It'd be, it'd be a fun if you just first time seeing this guy in a new area like oh shoot we thought this guy's gonna be a, a pushover or an easy win for this guy but look at this guy he's like he's like a wrestling savant and he's just quickly moving in and out of holes and locking on submission holds and i don't know i get a kick out of uh uh travis huckabee and this match was was going pretty good um i thought you know it's very strong style match um uh, jay frey looked great you know tan and shape Dyer's hair blonde, and speaking of the pro wrestling Noah Noah vibe, I was getting vibes of Donovan Morgan with his blonde hair from pro wrestling Noah, of course, who came from where I came from, all pro wrestling, and I just got like a real a real kick out of him, just with that blonde hair and some and some Donovan Morgan vibes. Um, Mike Kairos accompanied Travis Huckabee to ringside, and he interfered uh, for the cutoff at one point. Uh, Huckabee's finisher is the stretch muffler, so he was focused was on the leg. So it's a very easy, uh, easy story that both men were telling. You got Jay Freddy, strong style. You have Huckabee, the grappler, whose bread and butter is the, the stretch muffler, so he's going to work on the leg. Um, Huckabee did a lot of work on Freddy's leg on the outside for a very long time, way past either the 10 count or the 20 count here. I don't know this approach, and they didn't really say on commentary. I assume if it's Japanese influence, it's going to be a 20 count. Uh, the referee literally just had to stop his count and go to the floor. And just like, you know, he, he's getting buried out there, right? So way too long on the floor. No one trying to break the count up. You know, how could be, if you're going to be doing stuff on the floor for that long, you got to break the count, right? Or uh, Scott, you have Mike Skyros out there needs to pop up more and distract the referee and, and just kind of like, you know, get in the referee's face so – so Huckabee has time to kind of continue to get heat on the outside. Um, there was a point where Huckabee started doing multiple sumo chops, I guess, in the middle of the ring, and and, and Freddie started to fight back with these chops. Um, eh, I know it's, I guess, true to their characters, but I don't know. It just didn't for me being this, seeing these guys hook it up for the first time. I just didn't, just didn't feel right to me, right? But uh, crowd was into it. Uh, Freddie hit a beautiful Tiger driver, uh, but as the referee's about to hit three, uh, Mike Kairos pulls and grabs the leg um, and pulls Freddie off of uh, Huckabee. And you know, me, I saw it coming out of the way because I saw <laughs> I saw Jay Freddie just feed his leg out, like, "Hey, grab this, grab this," and uh, and but you know, the crowd bought it and. Um, Mike Kairos ends up getting in the ring and and you know, pleading his case to the referee, and the referee does this whole kickout thing. And like, I don't understand why he got in the ring. It just looked very awkward. Like, you, you, if you interfere, stay out outside, plead your case. Like, oh yeah, I didn't do anything. I didn't do nothing. Blah blah. blah. But the referee does a whole wind up and kicks him out. But the referee really didn't even you know get any body language to it. You know, that's the, you gotta do the whole wind up. Get out of here. And you know, Kairos goes to the back. Um, you know, it's definitely need to work on that. Mike Harris, again, showing his experience. He does no need to, like, he pulls a leg and gets in the ring. Like, it just, I don't know if that was a planned spot. They wanted to do that, but you know, you stay outside of the ring when that happens. Um, uh, Freddie, uh, 
Jay Freddy, his finisher is a Shining Wizard. Of course, Russell One Connection, Kejimudo, the Shining Wizard. I get that. Um, as he's going for the Shining Wizard on Huckabee, Huckabee pulls the referee, totally telegraphed this. I mean, I could see it coming my way as well. The referee's just like right next to him, shoulder to shoulder. And he, you know, the referee takes the the Shining Wizard and he's out. Um, here comes Mike Kairos back. The uh, tack, double team on Jay Freddy. Got some good heat. Out came Logan Black, of all people, to uh, save the day. Must have played in some future match, but I figured someone else was going to come out and save the day. Maybe Beefer would have been nice, you know, or or, or maybe uh, uh, Rip Bison, who's also was a baby face, who won earlier. Maybe he's you know he's 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 going to stop the injustice that's happening. But it was just interesting to see the guy first eliminated in the four elimination matches, the guy that came out and um, it got a decent reaction. But I, don't, I think it would have been a better reaction if it was someone like. Beef or even Rip Bison. Uh, Huckabee ends up hitting the, hitting the chair shot for a false finish. Uh, then he hit a power driver for another two count. Uh, Freddy went for the Shining Wizard again, but yeah, there's a cool reversal from the Shining Wizard. Huckabee got the stretch muffler. Uh, and Huckabee starts you know going on the leg, and he stops, stops the stuff. He starts like slamming the kneecap on the mat right in the middle of the ring. And the referee starts coming over to, to Huckabee's, like, trying to stop him. It's like, it's legal, right? It's He's not doing anything illegal. The referee didn't see all the uh, the chair shots and all that other stuff that happened. But he always was now seeing is just Huckabee just working on the leg. And so there's no re- reason for the referee's body language to be like, hey, stop that, stop that, right? Now, he should be, like, referee in that case should be out there checking Jay Freddy for a submission, Right, that's that's what Huckabee's going for. So it was just the reason why the referee's doing that so he can get in Huckabee's face so Huckabee can just shove him down. Of course, referee's still groggy from um, the Shining Wizard earlier, so he's down. Huckabee now goes to the outside, and the entranceway had these two doors that were had it paint on the logo of the Prussian grind. It looked really cool. They would slide the doors open and and close as the entrance was happening. And Huckabee grabs that door and brings it in the ring. And now we're getting a little bit overbooked here, right? Maybe not a little bit, maybe a lot overbooked here. And Huckabee sets the sets the um the tape uh, sorry table, the door in a corner. And I'm like, okay, I know what's gonna go on here. It's gonna be a reversal. Jay Frey's gonna he's gonna put him to the table, right? And that's what happened. At first, Jay Freddy went for the power bomb, but couldn't get couldn't get him up or or Huckabee was too blown to sit up or something like that. Just is it, it was it was scary because Huckabee nearly got dropped on his head. I thought, oh my god, that was gonna be really scary. But Jay Freddy picks him up for the Death Valley driver and then drives him through the table. And then of course after that the referee starts coming to you. Jay Freddy hits the uh shining wizard for the pin. So very overbooked finish i didn't like the idea of the door and i also didn't like the idea that you know after multiple t- interference by mike kairos and uh mul- chair shot uh attempt at using the door you know the heel the top heel of your company is getting foiled three times i think once is fine and you do a quick pin after that because <laughs> now you're like 
it's not heat, right? It's not heat seeing your heel like do three different things and fail at it. It just he's he doesn't end up having heat. He just ends up kind of being a goofball and someone's the fan base can't take seriously as a top heel to me. Like there was like a, you know, Kyro shot in the apron, the you know, Tries to interfere, ends up backfiring. Jay Frey knocks off Kairos and maybe hits the Tiger Driver for or Shining Wizard for the pin. You know, boom, 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 or a roll up, something fast. That okay, the heels try to interfere and they just got it just got foiled. But like when it gets foiled like three fucking times, it's like man, like the guys the he, the heels not coming out with anything. He just got he just got just beat right. So. There wasn't even a, a post-match tag by the heels after to get some heat. It was just like J. Freddy won, and a big celebration. All the boys came from the back, crowds standing up, and um, you know it was a nice celebration. But for the future, for the heels at least, like uh, they weren't, they didn't leave much with not, any heat at all. They were dunzo. Uh, next match is going to be next week. Next main event, next show is, is J. Freddy. Defending against Rick Bison, that's not exciting me personally. Like I said, I like Rick Bison. Just one of those guys that just don't, like I said, don't believe his character. I just don't. I, I feel he's he's playing pro wrestler, playing Bruiser Brody. It's just you know tongue in cheek, right? And you know I would love to have the Beefer. That's what I want to see. I want to see Jay Frey versus the Beefer. You know I think that's going to be a fun match. So um, hopefully we'll see that in the future. Um, and that's Pro Wrestling Grind. That was, uh, like I said, overall uh, an enjoyable experience. Um, they have some good talent on this roster, and I'd love to see them add to it. Um, again, you know, I think a nice seven match, six, seven match card would be good. A good two hour show. Um, it, you know, they could have totally cut out that tag team match, which went for a very long time because I was fast forwarding the. Uh, uh, you know, to get to the main event, it was like, God, this match is still going. This match is still going. This match is still going. Uh, that that if you're gonna have a tag team match like that, like, dude, ten minutes, twelve minutes, whatever, fucking off the show, would be preferably like you know, because like pros and grind is it seemed like they're really trying to make it about competition and the to me it just felt like okay they're trying to go for that strong style vibe and I just I don't know it's just I know things are different now in Japan but. It's just, you know, we see enough goofy stuff on everywhere else. Like, love to see, a, you know, Project Grind kind of focus on the wrestlings, focus on the, the competition. But I'll I'll, che- I'll check out a future show. Maybe I won't maybe watch that main event or maybe I'll see what they have they have coming up on the undercard of the next one. I mean, I'll tune in again and then maybe I'll review another uh, episode of Take It Home Podcast on Pro Wrestling Guide. Uh, Ryan. So, so thanks everyone uh, for, for listening this weekend. Have a safe weekend. Um, if you want to share your thoughts on this podcast or have any suggestions for a future show on this podcast for, for, for me to cover, uh, hit me up on Twitter, Laroca JL. That's L A R O C C A J L. Um, hit me up. Let me know. And uh, uh, have a great weekend. Take care. Be safe.